So November 29th, 2002, and September 5th, 2006, two days that will forever be etched into my brain. I will never forget those two days because those are the birthdays of my daughters, Macy and Rory. And I remember those days perfectly as they came into this world. And we didn't have Facebook to make the announcement, but I remember getting on my phone and, and calling our friends and calling our family. And within hours, we had people lined up outside the, the hospital room waiting to meet them, waiting to hold them, to see them. And we were so proud to show them off. It was such a good day. I will never forget that. And, but now people just post that stuff on Facebook. It's easy. Yeah, it's weird when you say like you were calling people because like if people call me, I usually wait till I hang up and then text them, hey, what did you want? Right. You know, uh, but not like when Mac was born, we just put it on Facebook and within like 15 minutes, an hour, you know, everybody that knows us knows about it and yeah. is messaging us or whatever. And uh, so, so that's kind of how birth announcements go. But the birth announcement we're celebrating today uh, certainly did not go that way. It did not spread via social media. In fact, not many people heard about this at all. And uh, the announcement came from an angel, which is far more terrifying and weird than we really give it credit. As if, you know, because this angel appears to shepherds, like if you were just at work and an angel showed up and told you that the Messiah was born, that wouldn't be the craziest thing that has ever happened to you, all right? You'd just be like going on with your day. No, it's crazy. So this angel appears to shepherds. Not royalty, not prominent members of society, but just regular, common people who were working. And that reinforces what the angel says. And what the angel says is staggering. We find it in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel says this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Now, on the surface, this doesn't seem that unusual. But those last three words, to all people, would have made a huge impact on anybody that heard it. Because it meant that this announcement was for everyone. It didn't matter your social class. It didn't matter your culture, your race, your gender, how much money you had, what family you were from. This good news was for everyone. And it still is. The baby that we was born, that we celebrate today, was, was bringing unending joy and eternal hope for every single person on the planet. This is not just good news. It's the greatest news of all time. I, yes, or, or is it? I mean, let me put it this way. If, if this is good news for all people, then why is it that not all people, and including maybe people who are here with us today, Joe, why is it that we don't believe it? I think there's a few reasons. Uh, you know, I think one of them is that you may just think that this news is irrelevant to you, that it doesn't really have any bearing on your life. I'll give you an example. If the medical community finds a cure for a terminal illness, but you don't have that illness, that's nice, but it really doesn't have any effect on your life. Now, if you have that illness, all right, and, and medical, the medical community has found a way to cure this, that's incredible news. So Jesus said that he had come here to seek and to save the lost. But if you don't believe that you're lost, if you don't think that you need saved, maybe you don't even know what you need saved from, you think, hey, I'm a good person, then that doesn't really have any bearing on your life. And for some of you, the good news isn't good, maybe because of what you've experienced at church. It might be because of your church background. Maybe you grew up going to church every single Sunday. 
or every single Wednesday night or every single day for that matter, and you went because you had to go, and you just went through the motions, and, and even when you did give it an effort, it didn't seem like God was there. That it felt like God was diff, distant, that he wasn't interested in your life, and so it just became irrelevant to you. And if that's you, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you so much. There is a reason that you are here. You may think that you're here because your family forced you to go, but that's not true. There is a reason that you are here. God has a plan and a purpose for you being here today. And I just want you to know that at this church, you are welcome here exactly the way that you are. You belong here at the chapel. And, and I hope that something radically different from what your past has been will happen to you today and that you'll experience that this good news truly is good news and it's good for you as well. And I think maybe for others of you, you know, the, this good news isn't that good and it has really nothing to do with Jesus whatsoever. I mean, in fact, you may even like Jesus. At, at worst case scenario, Jesus is at least a decent guy. Maybe even you, you, you feel good things about Jesus. You've heard that he's nice. You've heard he's a good teacher. You heard that he cared for people. You heard that he did some pretty neat stuff. You hear that he may even be loving. But even with that said, you still wouldn't go as far as calling it good news. And the reason you wouldn't call it good isn't because of Jesus. Maybe it's because of the people you've come in contact with who are following Jesus. Maybe you struggle with, with, with people who go to church that represent Jesus outside of the church. And, and maybe you've asked yourself this question. If it's true that Jesus loved the world so much, as it says in John 3.16, then why don't the people who follow him love the world that much? Maybe you've seen Christ followers act anything but loving. You know, maybe you're on social media you're on Facebook, and you see posts from Christ followers that are far less than loving or caring. Maybe those posts even are divisive and disunifying. Maybe, maybe you felt the judgment from a Christ follower. Or, 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 or maybe you, you've run across the anger or the temper of a Christ follower at your workplace or in the community that you live. Maybe you've come in contact with them. Maybe when you think of a Christ follower, the two words that come to your mind are hypocrite and fake. Maybe that's been your experience. And if that is you and you're in this room today with us, I have one thing I want to say to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that has been your experience with the church because honestly, the church is meant to be a hospital for broken people to heal. It's not meant to be a courtroom of judgment. And if that has been you, I am sorry for that. Yeah, and I think another reason why people might not see this as good news is, is, is it comes from our view of God and, and what we think about God. And, and there's so many questions, and you might be here, and you have doubts, and you have challenges, and you have mental obstacles that keep you from believing in God. And one of those things, one of those questions that seems to come up a lot, at least for me, is if God is good, and if God is loving, and if God is in control of everything, then why do, why do so many bad things happen? And I think what's under that, that question or that thought is specifically, because there's often a lot of hurt in that, 
is why do bad things happen to me or why do bad things happen to you? And I've wrestled with that question as well. And I think that I could stand here and I could give you a logical explanation and, and expound on theology and, and God's sovereignty and free will, but that, none of that would take away the pain. You know, the pain that comes with financial loss, loss of a loved one, when it comes from a terrible diagnosis, when it comes from broken relationships, all of this pain that we go through in this life, it's so easy many times to turn um, our thoughts on God and say, God, why is this happening? And, and where are you in all of this pain? And the reality is, is that I don't know. I don't know why God allows those things to happen. But what I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that the God of the Bible, God the Father who sent his son here, does care and does love us. And the reason that I can say that so boldly is because of what sets Christianity apart from every other belief system and religion. Yeah, I love this story. Um, one of the pastors that I follow online, his name is David Platt, and and he tells this story recently about being in another country. And as he's in this other country, he was sitting outside this, this temple, and, and he heard two guys having a conversation. And so they were, these two guys were talking about basically how all religions have some differences, but in the end, they believed that they were all fundamentally really the same. And, and so David interjects and he says this to him he says well it sounds like what you're saying is that you picture God or or whatever you call him that, that he's at the top of this mountain and we're all at the bottom and that I may go this route up the mountain and you might go this route up the mountain but ultimately we're going to get to the same place and 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 the two guys responded and said yes exactly you understand but then David says this to them. He says, what if I told you that the God at the top of the mountain didn't wait for us to come find him? Instead, he actually came down to where we are. And the two guys responded to David and said, that would be fantastic. That would be great. And so David goes on to say, that's the difference. What we find in the story of Jesus is that he came down from the mountain to be with us, for us, and to us. That's why I love Christmas. That's why I know that God cares for each of us, because he cares enough about me that he never expects me to go find him. Instead, he comes down and he comes to me. You know, the truth is this, though. Even if we tried, none of us could get to the top of the mountain on our own. We're all lost. And, and we, even when we try, we, we, and we've tried. We try to, to what? We try to be good people. We try to be kind. We try to go to church enough. We try to not drink too much, not to swear too much, not to do whatever too much. We try. I have tried. But nothing Nothing I can do on my own would ever get me to the top of this mountain. Jesus had to come down. He had to. And only a God who loves me that much would do such a thing. And I think he also, he cares about us more than we know. And I know this because of what Jesus experienced when he does come down. 
He doesn't avoid the suffering like we would expect him to. In fact, Jesus, he, he experiences pain. He experiences loneliness. He experienced grief. He experienced heartache and loss. He experiences the same things that each and every one of us in this room experience daily. He experienced them. And at the end of his life, he's subjected to death. And he doesn't avoid it. He doesn't run from it like I would expect him to. Instead, he embraces it. And I ask myself, why? Why would he be willing to die for us? And the only answer is because he cares, he loves us, and because he's giving us hope for something beyond the grave. Yeah, that's why God, that's why the birth of Jesus settles the debate for me on whether or not God loves us. I mean, to think right. that the king of heaven, the creator of this universe would come here to save us. And that's why Christmas is not just another religious holiday. Christmas is the celebration of an incredible announcement, the announcement of the greatest gift of all time. Remember what the angel said in Luke 2.10. He says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So it's good news. It's good news because God has come here. Jesus, the Savior, has been born. And it's good news of great joy because if we have a relationship with Jesus, we've been reconciled to God. Through what Jesus did through his life, death, and resurrection, we can be forgiven of all the things that we've done wrong, and we can be reconciled to God. It's the good news of the greatest gift of all time. It's the good news that we can have joy and eternal hope that isn't based upon our feeling or based upon our circumstances. It's God coming to us, that God would give us his son is amazing. I'll tell you a story. So a couple weeks ago, um, I was getting ready uh, and for work, and I was like, you know, I'm running late, and I, you know, I'm trying to like get ready, and I had to put on a suit, you know, so I'm like getting ready, tying my tie, and I look good, and uh, course, you know, I'm like yeah. right, and so my toddler, my toddler is home with us, Mac, he's he's gonna be four next month, and he's being very quiet, all right, which if you have a toddler and he's they're being quiet, you've got problems, so that's red flag number one, all right, and I said, Mac, what are you doing? He didn't answer me, that's red flag number two, mm -hmm. so I go downstairs and I see him, I'm like, what are you doing? And he points to the bathroom, which is it. red flag number three. I love this all right? already, yeah. So I go in there and there's water all over the toilet seat. I'm like, great. He was playing in the toilet. I'm like, this is disgusting, right? So I'm it. like, I'm so mad. I'm like, wash your hands. His hands aren't even wet. I'm like, what kind of voodoo is this, all right? So I'm washing his hands, and I sit him down. I'm so frustrated, and I'm cleaning up the water on the toilet seat, and it's on the floor. There's toilet water on the floor, so I'm cleaning that up, and then I notice there's toilet water on the wall. This is great. I love it. Toilet water on the wall. So I look at him, and I'm like, there's toilet water on the wall. Did you put your hands in the toilet? He goes, no. I'm like, what'd you put in the toilet? He goes, Abby, which is our cat? That is my best, that's the best story. True story. This really <laughs> happened. He put our cat in the toilet, and this cat is not nice. I can't believe she just didn't tear him apart, all right? And, like, so I'm... So angry, so Which, angry. I don't understand. You're so mad about the cat? No, not about the cat, about the mess. Okay. Okay, so I go, I find the cat. She's soaking wet with toilet water, all right? I don't have time to deal with this. And in all of his four years of life, I have never been so mad, so upset at my son. You know, and I'm yelling, and I don't, I don't like to yell at my kids, but I can't control it. But even at that moment, as mad as I was at my son, I could never have said, that's it, I'm done with you. I'm, I'm giving you away. 
right? I could never even do that. But yet, God the Father, he looked at you, and he looked at me, and he loved us so much that he gave us Jesus, who had never put a cat in a toilet. He gave us Jesus so that our relationship with him could be reconciled. And that's absolutely incredible. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And, and that's what makes this the greatest gift of all time. And it's good news of great joy that is for all people. It's for everyone. It's for those of you who already believe in Jesus. Yeah. It's for those of you who have been hurt and disappointed by the church. It's for those of you who struggle to believe in this God of the Bible and you have challenges and doubts and, and obstacles. It's for those of you who are hurt and broken. Christmas is not just another religious holiday. It's a celebration of a relationship. It's the celebration of God doing what we could never do. It's God coming to us. Like you said, we could never make it up the mountain. It'd be like trying to climb Mount Everest in flip-flops. Like, mm -hmm. we'd never make it. It's, it's the opposite of religion. Religion is us working to God. Religion is us finding our way up the mountain. Christianity, Christmas, the birth of Jesus is God coming to us. I love it. So wherever you are, wherever you are today, God has come down to the mountain to be with you. He's come to shine a light in the darkness, and he's here to bring you home. So we pray today in this place that you leave finding a home with him. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you that you didn't leave us on our own, that we're not left on our own devices to try to find our way to you. Lord, you came here to us, so we celebrate that together today. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.